Hello and welcome to another podcast on Prepare to Answer. Uh, what are we going to answer today? Well, what we're going to answer today is the claim that people make many times, and it's a fair enough claim um, by us as Christians, um, or even people just talking hypothetically about Christians. Um, it's a claim of, well, why should I become a Christian? Why should I follow Jesus? This is what that means, obviously. Why should I follow Jesus? I mean, obviously, this is there's many ways to answer this, as there are many of the the objections that I that I hear. There's many ways to answer it, but the reason I've done a podcast on this is because of um, I find in the Bible a specific way that Jesus would have dealt with this, maybe, or a way that his followers would have dealt with this. And he answered this claim, or he appealed to something, if you like, in John chapter fourteen, verse eleven. He says, "Believe in me when I say that I'm in the Father." And that the Father is in me. So believe I am the Christ, the Messiah. Or at least believe on the evidence of the miracles themselves. So he says, look, believe in what I'm saying. My words should be enough. But if they're not, then at least believe on the evidence of this miraculous supernatural events that I've just I've just done. Um, and w- of which there was many. So Jesus said, believe in the miracles. So his words might not be enough, but what he was doing... Um, should be enough to convince someone. Um, now, so therefore, I want to try and do well a little bit like what Jesus did and say, well, I know we can't see it firsthand, but the Bible does hold up those who believed, not firsthand, but secondhand, if you like, through the written material. Um, it says in John 20, verse 29, because you've seen me, you've believed, but blessed are those who have not seen me and yet have believed. So, so fair play to those who don't believe because they've seen the first-hand events in terms of the miracles, but they believe because of the eyewitness material which testifies to the miracles. So this being said is an appeal to someone who says, why should I become a follower of Jesus? Um, they have automatically got a couple of questions. And again, these questions are absolutely fair enough. And I would ask these questions myself. How do I know that the miracles of Jesus recorded in the Gospels really happened. So how can I believe that the miracles really happened? And second of all, how, how reliable are the eyewitnesses? Those who wrote down what they seen, how reliable were them people? What I'm going to do now is state three reasons why we can trust that the miracles accredit that Jesus really happened and that we can also trust those who wrote it down also. So now for the evidence. Three points on why we can trust trust these things that I've just said that we can believe in the miracles really happened and also we can believe those who wrote it down so number one Jesus dedicated his miracles publicly so Jesus miracles as we see in the gospels were often done in public places with hundreds or even thousands in attendance such as the loaves and fishes thousands of people in attendance we therefore if you got all the miracles together you've got thousands tens of thousands of eyewitnesses to these miracles. And one of the questions arises given um, the amount of people that would have seen these, these events are where is the historical records of Jesus' contemporaries who claimed that his miracles were a hoax? The answer is that there are none. There's not a single record exists which claims that Jesus' miracles were a hoax. Now given that Jesus' followers were preaching about these miracles at this time in Palestine, then people could have openly contested to the fact and written it down to say, well, no, these things didn't happen. You claim that they did, but they didn't. 
But there's not a single record exists to say that Jesus' miracles were a hoax, and yet they were all done in public places, with many eyewitnesses in attendance, and then were preached about to that same generation. So that's the first point. They were done in public places with many eyewitnesses, the miracles. The second point, and this is a very, very strong point, is that non-Christian, in other words, hostile witnesses to Christianity, provide evidence that Jesus did miracles. This might sound incredible at first, upon first hearing, but historical records exist which prove that Jesus' enemies, his enemies were aware of his miracles. Josephus, born around AD 39, said of Jesus, and there was crucified under Pontius Pilate, that he was a doer of wonderful works. In his work, Antiquities, AD 93 to 94, so he was a doer of wonderful works. And the Talmud, rabbinical teachings then, and were written in the 1st and 2nd century. They again described that Jesus was crucified as well, but that he also practiced sorcery. Um, they, so they, they um, didn't refute the well-established fact that Jesus worked, worked miracles, but they accused him of doing it by the power of the devil, which, as readers of the, of the Gospels, will be familiar with that. In Matthew 12, they also, the Pharisees claimed that Jesus healed a man of demon possession by, by Satan, the work of Satan. Um, Celsus, the second century philosopher, was critical of the Christians and also no fan of Jesus then. But like many others, he didn't deny that Jesus worked miracles, but claimed that he did it through sorcery. So despite a difference of opinion in terms of their origins um, of how he was able to do miracles, the evidence from Jesus' enemies also points to the fact that he was a doer of miraculous deeds. So this is people who were not fans of Christianity, all confirm that Jesus was a doer of miraculous, miraculous deeds. Um, so that's the second point. So third point is all about the reliability of the eyewitnesses. So we, we can testify that Jesus was a man who seemed to do miracles, but what about those who recorded the miracles? Were they reliable? How can we trust what we read is actually what happened? Well, this question as the accuracy of what we read rests entirely upon the character and credibility of the gospel writers. The gospel writer, gospel accounts, uh, something just to be said about the gospel accounts for a moment. The gospel accounts are similar, but they're not the same. Well, what does this mean? Well, if they're falsified from one account copied earlier, then you'd expect them to all be identical. They didn't want to get anything wrong, so it looked like it was accurate. Or if they were separate records of a number of liars, then they would expect them to be diff to differ in very important specific details, which doesn't happen. So the gospels in reality are very similar but with differences of which are minor supporting the idea that they are indeed genuine accounts so a couple of scenarios you'd expect to see if the gospel writers weren't recording accurately but we don't see that we see minor differences but the big things are all are all recorded the same further proof then of how genuine the accounts are is the number of mistakes and sins that were committed by the apostles which are well documented throughout the gospel records Many records of them claiming about talking about who was the greatest, about times that they denied Jesus, uh, times when they claimed that they wouldn't deny him and then they did deny him, um, many times when they didn't believe what he said, when they couldn't provide do miracles themselves because of lack of faith. So many incidents of where they show their own weaknesses and their own vulnerability, which you do not expect to see in falsified accounts. Um, other External evidence also testifies to the character of these witnesses. Well, what is that? So history and church tradition supports that 11 
out of the twelve apostles, all apart from John, were all martyred. Tradition states they even tried to kill John, but they failed. And what's the crazy thing about this? Is none of the apostles recanted from their testimony about Jesus, their testimony about his miracles, that he claimed to be God in the flesh, that he rose from the dead. None of them recanted from any of this testimony, even at the point of death. This means that this authenticates their message 100% because they only wrote what they truly believed they seen and heard. Here's the obvious question that one must ask after hearing this. Is it possible that every one of these apostles, along with dozens of other eyewitnesses, would willingly die for a lie? The answer from my point of view is a resounding no. And would, would defy everything we know about human nature if they were to do that, to die for something they knew to be a lie. Um, what does this all mean? It means, why should I follow Jesus? Why should I become a follower of Christ? Well, Jesus did it. He pointed to the evidence of the miracles of the supernatural. We can do the same. We can point to miracles and say that they were done in public places. They were done where there was no evidence that anyone ever disputed that, that, that Jesus did miracles, even when they were preached at the, in the same place at the same, at the same generation. Uh, we can also say that the many other hostile witnesses talked about the fact that Jesus did miracles even though they didn't believe in Jesus and as I say third of all we can trust the character of those who wrote down the message because they did the ultimate thing which was died for the very thing they wrote about. Uh, many other questions will come to the surface when I say this please send them to me please drop me any questions or any thoughts or comments you have about this message today many thanks for tuning in um, and God bless. Yeah, I need a